little Chicago tune there. little Chicago tune. Hi, everybody. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast for Tuesday, August the 10th, 2021. And you can tell that uh, by the music that we are going to visit Chicago today on our Old Time Radio Drama. Because that's what we play on Tuesdays. Every Tuesday we play a drama. And uh, this is a really good one. This is an episode of Nightbeat, and it was uh, first broadcast in 1950 on NBC. Of course, Nightbeat featured Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone, who wrote a column for a great Chicago newspaper, and the column was entitled The Nightbeat. And every night, he would go out after dark and roam the streets of Chicago to find interesting stories. Stories of mystery, stories of human interest, sometimes stories of crime. Just a great concept for a show. So that's what we have lined up for today, and it's a good one. We, it's entitled uh, Number 13. And you might wonder, what is the significance of that? Well, you will find out. Uh, as Randy uh, meets up with a very nice old woman who is played by um, Jane Morgan. You will instantly recognize her voice. You heard her for many years on Our Miss Brooks. And uh, Randy is out looking for her husband. And I don't want to tell you more than that. I'll give too much away. So what you need to do is get over in that nice, big, comfortable chair of yours. Get your feet up. Make yourselves at home. Well, you are home, aren't you? Well, make yourselves at home anyway. Get yourself a little snack, a little refreshment, and let the cares of the day drift away. Because coming up right now is an episode of Nightbeat, this week's old-time radio drama. Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. The stories I run into start in a million different ways. This one began with a gun in my face and ended with the number 13. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. night again in Chicago, and that's when I start out looking for a story that'll make you say, it takes all kinds to make a world. Yeah, it sure does. One by one, I pass them. That girl over there with her hair held tightly in place by a scarf. Each carefully marceled wave a hopeful insurance that she'll end up looking like somebody in a movie magazine. Or that, that beaten old man picking a crumbled, soiled newspaper out of a rubbish can. Why does he want a paper? 
He knows tomorrow will be the same for him no matter what happens in France or England or just around the corner. So tonight, I found myself in a quiet section of the residential district. I wondered what was behind the lighted squares of glass and what went on. Who were those people and what were their problems? I kept going and I walked into... Hey, I beg your pardon. Oh, yes? I, I hesitate to bother you, sir, but do you have a match? Have a lighter, will that do? Thank you. There you are. Oh, uh, just a moment. Yeah. I am afraid I didn't get a light after all. <laughs> What's the matter, Pop? Afraid to ask me for the touch? Here. Please, put your hands up. What? I'm not joking. I have a gun. Oh, I see it. Put your hands up. Okay, okay. Like this? I warn you, I, I'll shoot if you try anything. Well, rule number one when facing a stick-up man who's obviously pulling his first job, be very careful. It's not my first. Oh, a hardened old offender. Hmm? Hand me your wallet. What, with my hands in the air? Well, put them down, but remember what I said now. Sure. Why is a nice-looking old man like you doing this? Stop talking and hand me your wallet. All right. Here. Now, now turn around. Face the wall. And don't try to follow me. Pop, hand me the gun and tell me all about it. Don't come toward me. The gun, Pop. Now hand it over. We'll have a talk. Maybe over a couple. Stay Pop. away, I said. I should have had better sense. A novice at a stick-up is like a kid with the Einstein theory. He doesn't know what it's all about, and he shoots out of sheer fright and nervousness. That sharp, searing pain across my temple before I blacked out told me a bullet had creased my skull. That's all I remembered. Until I woke up in a precinct police station. Well, coming out of it, huh, Stone? Oh, oh my head, I... Hmm, Kowski, did you get him? Nope, prowl car picked you up. Somebody reported a shot. Oh, oh and you brought me here. Mm. Want to try sitting up? Oh, sure. Oh. How close was it? Mm, quarter of an inch from pay dirt, I'd say. Kowski, you are now looking at a prize boob. Oh? Oh, yes, yes. I tried to take a gun away from a stick-up man. You ought to have better sense. But this was different. I don't think he ever did it before. Guy has to start sometime. Yeah, but he, uh... Want a description? Uh, that's what I'm waiting for, Randy. Man about 70. 70? 70. Oh, with a long white beard. Kowski, the man, was about 70. A little over five and a half feet. Sure, sure. Name of Rip Van Winkle? For all I know, it might be. When you find him, he'll have my wallet on him. Oh, and Kalski. Yeah? He's nervous enough to take a shot at anybody. Next time, he might be able to hold a gun a little steadier and on target. So, ten minutes later, I left the precinct station. Kalski put out a call for the little old man who made like Jesse James. I went back to my desk at the Star. Maybe I had a story. I wanted to wait until the police picked up the old man because whatever made him turn bandit was a story. An hour passed and I was just about getting ready to give up. Oh, hi, Mr. Stone. Oh, hello, Larry. I didn't come in this time of night. You're almost always out. <laughs> Larry, you don't know how close I was to that permanently. Hurt your head? Uh, yeah. How? Well, I was wearing my hat with a feather in the band. Huh? Yes, I got mixed up in a badminton game. I don't get it. Well, you work on it, kid. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, oh I get it. A feather, badminton. Ah, hey, for effort, Larry. Oh, hey, hey, I almost forgot. Go on. Uh, here's a package for you. For me? What is it? 
don't know. My rotten safe. Ah, that's working them out, kid. <laughs> where did you get this? Hey, that's a wallet with some dough in it. It's mine. I said, where'd you get this? Dame gave it to where me. Where is she? Left, I guess. By the elevator? I guess so. At least way she was waiting for it. You I... sure it wasn't a man? I'm old enough to tell a difference. Oh, I stand here chewing the fat. Hey, 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 what's going on? Hey, 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 Mr. Uh, Larry, stay by the phone. Take down anything that comes in. The woman who brought back my wallet had eight floors to go down on that slow night elevator. I had a chance to beat her to the lobby, so I took the stairs five at a time. And then I was in the lobby, but the elevator had beaten me down. I ran over to the night man. Well, hello, Mr. Stewart. How are you? How are you? You didn't come down in the elevator? Yeah, how long have you been down here? Oh, just a couple of seconds. A woman ride down with you? Uh, yeah, from your floor. Did she go outside? Uh, yeah. Hey, something wrong. Uh, come on with me, will you? Uh, why all the fuss? Would you recognize the woman if you saw her again? Oh, I guess so. Now, take a look both ways. Tell me if you see her. Uh, and I'm a little hat, old lady, too. Old? How old? Mm, 60, 65, thereabouts. She... You see her? Oh, uh, ain't sure, but I think that's her at the bus stop. Which side of the street? Uh, other side, next block. Okay, thanks. See you later. Maybe it was she, maybe it wasn't. I hurried across the street just as a bus pulled up and took on a passenger. A little old lady wearing a little hat. I reached the stop as the bus was pulling away. You always stick your head in front of buses like that, Buster? Yeah, I get results in rides that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were other vacant seats in the bus, but the one I wanted was next to a little old lady. A little old lady whose eyes were red, so she'd been having a real good old-fashioned cry. She didn't even notice me sit down on the seat beside her. For a moment, I just sat and watched her frail, blue-veined hands pulling on a wet handkerchief and sobbing. There's something wrong, lady. Oh, uh, no, 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 I'm all right. Thanks for returning my wallet. There's ten dollars missing. Oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know anything about your wallet. You know, uh, be easy to check that. We get off, we take a bus back to the Star Building. There's a night man and an office boy who saw it. Uh, uh, this is my stop. Two blocks from the paper? That's a short ride. I... <laughs> now, look, I don't know what this is all about, but I'm willing to learn. Now, you can either tell me here or we can go somewhere else. Uh, can't you... Uh, forget it, please. Forget it? I could have been killed. I know, I know, but he didn't mean it. Who was he, or who is he? He... He's my husband. Oh, well, do you want to talk about it? If I tell you why he did it, will you help him? Look, let's get off this bus. We'll take a cab to... Well, where? I want to go home. I want to go home. All right. All right, I'll take you home. But something tells me I'm sticking my neck out. Mr. Stone. No, not right away. Is your husband here? No. All right, let's have the truth, Mrs. Benson. Why did your husband hold me up? It was the only way he could get the money tonight. Well, why tonight? We need $200 by tomorrow morning. Oh? Then why return my wallet to me with over $50 in it? Why didn't he keep it all? He needed just enough to... to... <laughs> enough for what, Mrs. Benson? Uh, I, I want to show you something. Then you'll understand. 
Here. Look at these. Now, what are these? Look at them. Yes, I'm looking. Well, what do they mean? Figures, problems, pages of them, notebooks filled His with... His system for winning at roulette. Winning at... Oh, no. For the last ten years, he's done nothing but work on it. Well, there's always one of those. The big brain who can sit down and beat the little numbers that go around. Oh, please. Does he have any idea how many of these systems have put period to a lot of rosy dreams? He believes in it. Yeah, they all do. Harry's no fool. He's a brilliant man, Mr. Stone. He was a professor of mathematics. Was? Yes. But they said he was too old. Retired him. No other jobs? Nobody wanted a mathematician or a man almost 70. Yeah, but, but this gambling, he should know better. The odds are never with the player, only with the house. At first, it was just a hobby. He liked to work out the, the odds, and then when things got desperate... He... Yes, and now? We have the scent. And tonight, he's going to play his big system, hmm? Where? I, I don't know. I told you, I, I don't know. Did he take the gun? no. He left it here. Well, that's one good thing, anyway. What will you do now? I don't know. And the police? They're looking for him already. Oh, get to him first, Mr. Stone. Why? He won't let himself be arrested like a thief. That's the last thing he said. He wouldn't let the police arrest him. So there I had it. A little old ex-professor of mathematics with another system for beating an unbeatable game. There's something in each of us that makes every individual believe he's different. The I can do better philosophy is human. If it weren't, we wouldn't have the Brooklyn Bridge, the better mousetrap, or the fellow who blinks his eyes in bewilderment and says, I thought I had it all figured out. Okay, I decided to go after Professor Benson. I headed for a spot where I thought I might pick up some information. What's in your mind, Stone? I said you wanted to see me. Yeah, just for a minute, Cully. Okay, what? How's the game going? Went a little, I lose a little. You want in? No, not tonight. Tell the truth, Cully, I'm looking for a bigger layout. Blue chips here are 500. How big can you get? Oh, some. But this is a uh, private poker party. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want news of it to get around. Oh, don't worry, Cully. I, uh, I did you a favor. Now, remember, give me a break in your paper. Okay, what do you want? I want to know where there's a roulette layout. Don't know. You get around. Some, but I don't talk about it. Just this once, Cully. Why? I'm looking for somebody who might be playing. Why? I gotta find him. Why? Oh, Cully, you're repeating yourself. Anything else? Maybe I'd do you a favor. This? No. Besides, I don't think there's a wheel in town. I think there is. Okay, you think. Now, so long, sir. All right. Oh, uh, before you go... Yeah. If I were you, I'd make this the last stop. You ask funny questions and... You might not get such funny answers. It was the same in the other three places. And after hitting each one, I checked with the police, but Professor Benson seemed to have got himself swallowed up somewhere in the thousand square miles of Chicago. And then I was on my way again, trying to remember all the likely places until... Hi. Mind if I walk with you? Now, what if I did? Oh, I'd walk anyway. I need exercise. My doctor says so. Hey, you got a doctor? Uh, yeah. What's your problem? Oh, not much you couldn't clean up, Stone. Oh, you know me, hmm? Sure, everybody knows Randy Stone. You're real famous, like. You're getting even more famous tonight. What's the answer to that? You've been around a few places. And that's illegal? No. But it's silly. <laughs> okay, so I'm silly. So long. Glad to meet you. Hey, not so fast, Stone. We gotta talk. On what subject? Money. That suits you? All right, all right. Get rid of it. What have you got to say? 
Look, Stone, everybody wants peace and quiet. The whole world's in a mix-up because one guy don't agree with the other guy, right? Oh, my, my, my. Another big thinker with brass knuckles. Yeah. Now, like I say, everybody wants peace and quiet. But there's a lot of guys have to make a living in a funny way. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get to the point? Sure. Now, take you, for, for instance, for example, huh? Uh, your boss says, Stone, go out and see how many gambling joints are busting. So you being a nice, hard-working... Nobody you go sent me out for that. Okay, so nobody sends. But somebody sends me. So what about it? Nothing. Only everybody likes to see everybody else happy. Maybe this could do it for you. Hmm. How much is that? Grand. I'm stirring up a lot of muddy water, huh? Yeah. You've been to three, four places. Into the car. Not for what you think. I ain't paid to think, only to carry out orders. This is one. Want the dough? Listen, I'm only looking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look over somebody. Cut it out. I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth, too. Stone, put your nose in one more place where they don't like stuck your noses. And somebody will push it right to the back of your head. Sometimes, somewhere, somebody said there's nothing like a quiet fireside complete with pipe and slippers. But can you make a career out of it? For that matter, can you make a career out of a hold-up, a creased skull, and a nasty little hoodlum? Well, I was trying to. And just to find an ex-professor who had a very common disease. I can't lose itis. Okay, I'd try one or two more places, and then I'd quit. I got the same answers. And by this time, the name of Randy Stone was enough to close more doors than a quarantine sign. I was asking for it, and I got it. Stone, huh? Here I am again. Oh, yes, I see. Okay, you win. Let's forget the whole thing. Just like that, huh? Over here, you guys. Brought some friends. I said you win. Let's forget it. Yeah, you was told. You didn't pay attention. Use your head, fella. Beat me up in every newspaper in town and get the story. They'll really split things open. I got orders. Oh, forget them. Go back and tell them. I got orders. Besides, you ought to be a good example. Any other cookie who thinks he's a one-man vice squad. You guys close it. Now, listen to me. I'm not out to set up a knockover for anything. I'm hunting for someone. Don't go through that again. It's the truth. I... Max, start the ball rolling. You're an idiot. You're... To think you could have had a grand instead of this. Hey, now your nose looks much better. A professional working over is done with finesse. It's meant to stop just short of murder, but leave a nasty memory. When I came to, I was propped against a building in the alley, and the world at that moment was a bad place. And I was mad. And my anger was for the little professor with his system. Now I really wanted to find him and turn him over to the police. But I couldn't find him the way I'd started out. No one had talked. No one except perhaps one person. One of those strange, pathetic creatures known as a stoolie. I cleaned myself up at the nearest washroom, grabbed a cab, and went to see him at a dirty, shabby rooming house. He was there. Look, Randy, you got yourself worked over already. What do you want from me, huh? Just a little information, Gus. Yeah, yeah, I know. Nobody comes to me except for that. Someday I'm going to buy a chicken farm and get out of this business. Yeah, now listen, you know everything that goes on in this town, within limitations. Yeah, I know plenty. Uh, But not everything. Well, most of it. I want you to find out something for me. Yeah? There's a roulette wheel somewhere. I don't know nothing. Oh, come on, Gus, come on. Randy, sir, help me. Hope to kiss a pig. Nothing. Don't be afraid, Gus. I'm not starting a cleanup. I just want to find someone. I know from nothing. For fifty dollars? Fifty dollars. It ain't good, Randy. I 
I've done a lot of favors for the cops. They shoot square with me. They, they kind of see I don't get hurt, but you... This isn't a crusade. I want to find someone. You leveling, Randy? I'm leveling. Well, if you ain't, if anything happens, both of us could end up real bad in the red. I do a nice business. All right, I... just between you and me, Gus. Now, how about it? Seventy-five bucks? Okay, seventy-five. Now? I haven't got it on me. You know I'm good for it. Then send it to me, not bring it personally. All right, all right. I'll send it to you. Uh-huh. Now, who do you want to find? <laughs> So I left it with Gus, and he arranged to call me at a pay station as soon as he learned anything. I waited in front of the phone for an hour, and then an hour and a half. And all the while, I wondered what was happening with Professor Benson. The thing was building up in my mind. It'd be ironic if his system worked with my money. <laughs> what would I do? What could I do? Whose money would it be? Then the call came through in the booth. Hello? Oh, yeah, Gus. Yeah, I got what you want, but you got to promise no knockover. No, I told you that. Okay. There's a little guy like you told me about. He's playing the wheel. Where? Uh, remember the old Dixie Club? Yeah. Okay, there's a layout in the back. Everything from Pharaoh to one-armed bandits. All fancy. And he's there? Yeah. And, and Randy. What? You better get there quick. Why? What's the matter? This guy's hotter than a two-dollar pistol, and the boy's willing to join to get in cross with him. All right. I'll see you. Now, hold it, what? will you? Gotta know how to get in. Yeah, that might be handy. How do I do it? Well, when you get to the door, just say, the name is McGrady, see? Yeah, McGrady. I went back to Mrs. Benson because I figured I might need her. Then the two of us went to the old Dixie Club. From the outside, it looked like a boarded-up house. But Gus knew what he was talking about. A knock on the door, it opened a tiny bit. And I was McGreedy. And the door opened all the way. Mrs. Benson and I went in, back to a big room filled with people. But the dice game was deserted, so was the blackjack. Number 11, black. Uh, I, I won. I, I won again. It's working. You see, everyone, it's working. Hello, Benson. Uh, Stone. Uh-huh. Doing all right, huh? Uh, please, you're, you're not here to take me away. Well, that's the general idea. Harry, come with us. Oh, no, no. Look, I, I've got all this and there's more to come. Okay, okay, you're ahead. But there is something else. Earlier this evening, you... Here, just... here's your money. Take it. Harry, I, I've never seen you like this. Dora, all this money, yours, yours and mine. Yeah, all right, now, come on. Pick it up and let's go. No, I won't let you take me till I play to the end of my system. Your system, yes. Yes, I've waited for this. Waited till I knew I was right. Now you want to... Take it easy. What's your trouble, mister? Are you speaking to me? Right to you. Who are you? I happen to run this place. Well, it's slightly illegal. Who are you? I'll tell you. He's a newspaper man. His name is Stone and he wants to take me away. Stone, huh? How'd you get in here? I know a man named McReady. I wish I knew how you got to know him. I was introduced. Now let's cut out the small talk. Five grand isn't small talk. That's what he's into me for. Any objection if he takes it and leaves? I won't. You listen to me. Harry, don't you know what you've done tonight? Yes, I do. I've won for us. All right, then take it and leave. No. No, I said no. For 40 years, I gave everything I had to other people. What did they give me? A, a gold watch. And a wonderful speech. But Dora and I couldn't eat the speech. Maybe if you spent over half your life... Over half your life in trying to... Trying to... Trying to... Harry... <laughs> All right, well, what do we do now? It's up to him. 
He's playing a closed table. If he wants to go on, all right. I do. That answer you, Stone? Now, what'll happen? What do you mean by that? Figure it out. I see. You know what could happen, don't you, Stone? Sure, I've met a few muscle boys already tonight. Could get worse. Okay. All right, Benson, it's your funeral. You've got $5,000 in front of you now. You can take it and leave, or you can play. Suit yourself. I, I'm going to play. No, Harry, I've no. I've got two more numbers, Dora, two more. Okay, place your bet, Benson. Yes. Uh, uh, 27, red, $1,000. Will you take that much? I'll cover it. Go ahead. Harry, for the last time, don't. No matter what we say, he'll do it. Let him go. 27, red. All right, spin it. Sure. And be careful. Yeah, I'll be careful. Please spin the wheel. <gasps> Harry. What's the matter? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. Go on, spin it. Sure. Number 27, red. <laughs> you, you see? You see, you thought I was crazy, but look at it. Look at it. I, I, I've won again. <laughs> I've, uh, uh... Harry! Listen. Come on, help me get him away from it. Take him into my office, will you? Get him no, away from I've here. I've got to play one, one more. Yeah, one more yeah sure, sure. You've got to play one more number. Give me a hand, somebody, please. Yeah, That's no, it. Thank no, you. don't Come take on, me away. Come on, come on. All right, on the couch. You, you don't understand. There's one more number. My, uh, my, my money. Where is it? It's at the table. Now, take it easy. No, my money. Somebody will steal It'll it. It'll be all right. Dora, go, go back and get it. Dora, go I'll back. call for a doctor. No, no, no. Let me help. Let me... No, Harry, lie down. Lie down. My mother, get it, Dory. Get it. All right, get all right, all right. Uh, Stay with him, Mrs. Benson. Don't let him up. Yes. Well? How much does he have coming? Including the last spend, 41000 Can you cover? I'll cover. All right, cash these. Wait a minute. Maybe he wants to play some more. He's finished playing. Cash these. Okay. Eddie, get 41000 in the safe. And... No! Leave it there. What? Leave it there. What are you talking about? He wants to play it. Oh, he's crazy. Let me talk to him. No. No, he won't listen. He wants to play it. To the end. He made me promise I would. Well, well do you want to? I promised. All of it? Yes. Can you cover that much? Not at 35 to 1. 20 cents on the dollar, take it or leave it. Take it and I'll spin. Leave it and I'll close the wheel now. I'll play. Oh, for the love of heaven, Mrs. Benson, there's $41,000 here. Do you realize you can lose? He said I couldn't. I bet he's got... I promised I'd play it on number 21. Oh, let me talk to him. Let me... No, no, I made a promise. Play it. 41,000 on number 21, Red. Is that what you want? Yes. All right. A fair spin. A fair spin. And the last one. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. All right. 21 red. Number 13 black. How about that? Are you satisfied, Mr. Benson? Yes, yes, I am. I didn't want it to win. I didn't want that money because it killed him. It killed him? Yes. Yes, he's dead. What? Oh, Mr. Benson, I... 
Now, what can I say? Oh, he was so sure, so sure. And I lied to him. I lied. But I didn't want it. He killed him. You lied? No, no. You kept your promise. You played for him. Here. But his system, it's a... Well, Mrs. Benson, you played 21. I know. And his last number was... 13. Well, here I sit, back in the office, wondering, watching the lights go out in the dingy gray of dawn creeping through the streets. And somewhere out there is an old woman, a lonely old woman who could have had almost $50,000, but at the loss of something that no amount of money could buy back for her. The man who quit while he was ahead. Yep. Where there's a winner, there's a loser. That's the way it's been, and that's the way it'll always be. Oh, well. Copy, boy. Nightbeats, a new dramatic series stars Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight's story was written by Russell Hughes. Night Beat is edited by Larry Marcus and directed by Warren Lewis. Music by Frank Worth. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Stan Waxman, Wilms Herbert, William Tracy, Gerald Moore, and Jack Crucian. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Rock Bottom, released by Warner Brothers. Listen next week at the same time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. The stories that come out of the shadows to find their way into Nightbeat. Stay tuned for Brian Donlevy as a soldier of fortune on Dangerous Assignment on NBC. That was Nightbeat. The name of that one was number 13. Now you see the significance of that. That was first broadcast March the 6th, 1950 on NBC. Pretty good story, I would say. But what I would like to know is why they chose roulette as the game of chance that he figured out. Because I don't think that would be possible. I can understand counting cards. Now, first of all, I'm not a gambler. And I don't even know all of the ways to play poker or, you know, all of the various gambling games. But it seems to me that almost out of almost all of them, the one that is least likely to be able to figure out a system on is roulette because the numbers are too random. I remember my my grandfather used to be a gambler. 
he, he did it more almost like a profession. He played the stock market. He retired very young. But he would go to Vegas and he, you know, he wasn't flamboyant. He was very quiet, circumspect. He would also go to the horse races and he would sit on a bench out in the paddock area someplace and just uh, study his racing form <laughs> all day and then go and place his bet, maybe get a little something to eat. But he, he wasn't flamboyant, but for many years, he, he did very well, I guess. But I remember him explaining roulette to me one time. And I, I asked him, I said, well, you know, if you can play odd or even or black or, or red, why isn't that a 50-50 proposition? In other words, wouldn't the odds be as good for you as they are for the house? And he explained that, what is there, 36 numbers on a roulette wheel, I think? He explained that there's also an ought and double ought, or a zero and double zero. And those are neither black nor red. Those are neither odd nor even. Those are the house numbers. And those two numbers are what give the house the advantage. And I said, well, that's not much of an advantage. And he said, okay. So he took a deck of cards and he counted out, I guess, 36 cards. He made sure that half were odd and half were even. I don't think we were playing the black and red. It was just going to be odd and even to make his point. And he put in two jokers. And the jokers represented the ought and double ought. And so he shuffled the cards. We couldn't see what card was coming up next. And he said, all right, on this next hand, do you want odd or even? So I would say odd. And he started dealing like that. And you would be surprised how often those jokers came up. So even though I might uh, be on a little winning streak, maybe I won three or four in a row, you know, it'd be like Bob wins, Bob wins, Bob wins, house wins, house wins, house wins. And then boom, there would be a joker, house wins. And just those two jokers there would make it so the house would win a greater percentage of the time than you could possibly win. Uh, try that. Count out 36 cards. Make sure that there's an equal amount of odds and an equal amount of evens. And put in two jokers. You'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. And let me just add again, I am not a gambler. I have never had any interest in gambling. Just never did. Uh, when I go to Vegas, uh, and I haven't been in many years, but I used to have to go for business. Uh, once a year, we'd, go, we'd have a trade show there, and sometimes I had clients to see there. Uh, I would normally stay in one of the hotels on the Strip. But when my work was done at the end of the day, I would go eat dinner. And sometimes I'd walk through the casino and maybe last about 10 minutes in there watching people gamble. And I would just shake my head and go up to my room and read or watch television or something. I just had no interest in gambling. Never have. Wouldn't even put a nickel in a slot machine because I work for that nickel. <laughs> and I'm not going to let someone just take it away from me. But I've always been kind of surrounded by gambling because of my, my grandfather, although he played it down. He didn't, uh, like I said, he wasn't a flamboyant guy. If you met him, you'd think he was just a very conservative uh, businessman. Okay, well, Nightbeat is one of our favorite dramas, so we try to play one every eight or nine weeks or so. So stick around, and you'll hear another episode featuring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone, the writer of The Nightbeat.
right, that's going to kick things in the head for Tuesday, August the 10th, 2021. Glad you came along. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Nightbeat. We'll be back tomorrow with an old-time radio mystery, so please be sure to join us. A lot of times when you think of Chicago, you think of kind of a jazzy city. In the 1950s, there was a lot of hit songs, uh, some very early rock and roll. There was still a lot of uh, big band sounds. But there was also the sound of jazz. And so to go out tonight, we've got a couple of songs that made the top 100 of 1950. One is by Nat King Cole, and the other one is by Louis Prima and Keely Smith. And both of them kind of have a real jazz feel. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by. And I am so glad you met me. Walking along, minding my business, when out of an orange-colored sky, flash, bang, alakazam, wonderful you came by. I was humming a tune, drinking in sunshine, when out of that orange-colored view, flash, bang, alakazam, I gotta look at you. One looking eye, yell timber. Watch out for flying glass. Cause the ceiling fell in, the bottom fell out. I went into a spin, I started to shot, I've been hit. This is it, this is it, I T it. I was walking along, minding my business. When love came and hit me in the eye. Flash, bam, alakazam, out of an orange colored sky. And I yell, Timber, watch out for flying glass. Cause the ceiling fell in, the bottom fell out. I went into a spin, I started to shout, I've been hit. This is it, this is it, I T hit. I was walking along, minding my business. When love came and hit me in the eye, flash, bam, Alakazam, out of an orange colored purple stripe. Pretty green polka dot sky Flash, a bam Alakazam and goodbye Wow, I 
thought love was much softer than that. What a most disturbing sound. Oh, 